0: For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Amen. Amen. What a powerful passage of scripture and we're going to just dig through that verse by verse today and let it take root in our hearts and see what fruit it brings. A passage about fruitfulness. Um, I don't know about you, but it's something that I I think about a lot, about how wise I am or I'm not. (laughs) And this passage points out that actually um, there's a third way. There's always a third way in the Bible. Uh, The first way is the way of the fool. The second way is the way of the worldly wise. And the third way is the way of the godly wise, the way of wisdom from above. And um, I guess the way that I probably most naturally think about this is turning back to a time when I was 10 years old and I moved from uh, the centre of Manchester to Bolton, which is like north of Manchester. And because I had a Manchester accent Uh, Everyone in Bolton thought I was posh, which is probably hilarious for people in London who hear my accent and hear my northern tones, and I turned up and there was this one boy in my class who used to love taking the mickey out of the way that I spoke. And unfortunately, I do have a name, Josh, that rhymes with posh, and in primary school that's all you need to come up with a good insult and several good songs to wind someone up right, posh Josh, posh Josh. But this kind of escalated until this boy basically kept wanting to fight me all the time, okay? And I'd never particularly been into many fights up to that point, still a pretty young kid, and um, I didn't really know how to react. Now, I, I don't know about you, you're probably much better than me, so apologies, but just indulge me a minute. I have a tendency to always be foolish to always kind of act without thinking to speak before my brains had time to process i don't know if any of you like that but that's my life i'm afraid so i kept trying to get myself out of these situations and wasn't very successful i kept trying to talk myself out of situations do you know i know i'm not posh i'm just from a different part of manchester i'm not even my family don't even have any money well actually that's just a bit of a foolish thing to tell a bully to kind of give them more ammunition and it just kind of made it worse and then the foolish me tried to react physically right tried to like no but I was just kind of reacting hot headed trying to punch my way out of a wet paper bag and not being very successful at it so I went home and I went to the wisest person that I knew which was my dad and said dad how do I respond to this and he gave me some fantastic worldly wisdom. He took me out into the back garden and he taught me how to punch. Okay? That's a, a, a lesson that probably many fathers have taught many sons in many places. and It um, he, he was quite good. He, he said, the thing is, if you make a fist, you'll actually rob all the strength. Oh, I'm getting excited here. Um, you'll rob all the strength out of your strike. He said, if you hit them with an open palm, you'll probably get more force... And you can maybe wind him and then run away. So I was like, okay, that's great. So the next day, lunchtime came, went to school, and same old situation, this guy being all leery, up in my face. So I hit him, right? Hit him, and then I threw him on the floor. And it turned out, actually, I was much stronger than I thought, but because I was kind of using my worldly wisdom that I'd been trained in by my dad, I I beat him in the fight. Did that solve the problem? No, of course not, right? Suddenly, I just had a long list of other boys in the class who wanted to fight me. Because it turned out I'd beaten the boy who'd won the most fights. Which then meant I was like the heavyweight champion. I had the current... I was holding the belt, right? And everyone wanted to beat me up so they could prove that they were the toughest boy in class. So I went back to my dad, and this time he gave me some godly wisdom. This time... He was like, Well, what's this boy like? What are these boys like that you're kind of scrapping with and getting involved with? And um, I remember very, very vividly talking about it. And he, my dad was just like, Well, can't you just be friends with them? That's a radical idea, right? So, as, as a young boy, moved to Bolton for the first time, I just went round to their house one night and said, Do you want to play football? And that was it. It stopped in an instant. One night of playing football with him and suddenly they were my best friends and were my friends when I lived in Bolson for years. Now that's a very trivial example, right? But actually what we learn, first of all, verse 13, Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conducts let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. Now, we often don't put those two words next to each other, meekness and wisdom. In fact, often we teach that knowledge is power. And when we think of wise people in our society and in our culture, they're people who know lots of things. And because they know so much and they're so profound and sage and wise, they have a sense of power. But actually, what we learn in this passage is that knowledge might be power, but wisdom is fruitfulness. Wisdom is fruitful where knowledge is powerful. Wisdom should always lead to, to outward actions that bring good things, that bring about peace, as we'll come to later in the passage. Now, this fruitfulness, it's not kind of wisdom leads to religious acts, um, and it's not that like wisdom leads to like special revelation. It's the fruitfulness of peace. It's the fruitfulness of bringing Jesus into the situation that we're in. That's what wisdom looks like. And often, um, I used to read the story of Solomon asking God for wisdom and think, wow, that's what I want. And I used to pray to God all the time for wisdom when I was younger and I always thought that wisdom would come as like a revelation, like God would just suddenly one day give me loads of wisdom and I'd be in a conversation and then would just say something fantastically wise and profound and it would change the situation. And maybe those of us who are very charismatic in our faith and really try and live in step with the Spirit, that feels like our default position, right? If we're going to change, if we're going to do something profound, then it's going uh, to be a revelation from God. It's going to be something he gives us. Unfortunately, it's not quite that. Sometimes, maybe, but it's not quite. Or the other thing we might think is, I tell you how I'm going to be wise, I'm going to go and study. So I went to Bible college, I went and did my postgraduate studies, and unfortunately, I don't think my studies made me more wise. They just gave me more knowledge. And actually, wisdom isn't something that we can just kind of keep learning stats and looking at things and listening to preachers and reading books and we get it. Actually, that isn't how wisdom comes. So how do we get wisdom? Well, this passage is going to answer that for us. First of all, it answers it in a negative sense. Verse 14, But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. So first of all, we do not, get this wisdom from below. We do not get the true wisdom that leads to fruitfulness from a worldly or earthly sense. And it's quite strong here. It doesn't come from the world. It doesn't come from the flesh, as in it comes from the spirit. And it doesn't come from the devil. I think often we see, when we see wisdom out in our world right now, we see that bitter jealousy and selfish ambition we see that boastfulness because i think there's two ways that we see wisdom commonly expressed in the world the first is in criticism and the second is when we try and hide our own actions and we say things that that look outwardly really good but aren't a reflection of what's happening inside the thing is when it comes to faith we have this inner journey of transformation which is incredible and profound and then we have our outward actions and the things that we do and often when we then come into situations with other people we can do one of two things the first is we can criticise other people's outward actions and that often makes it sound as if our inner journey is all together do you understand what I mean? We criticize their outward actions and ignore their inner journey. Criticism is not wisdom. As it says in Proverbs, anyone can find the dirt, but not everyone can find the gold. Right? Anyone can point out the problems, but who can really speak life and health? I think of this particularly in terms of church, right? How many of us are fantastic connoisseurs of church? But we're not called to be a community of connoisseurs. We're called to be a community of family working together, of spurring each other on to love and good deeds. So we can often criticise people's outward actions, ignoring their inner journey and making us feel better about our own, but that is not wisdom. Or the second thing we can do is, in our wisdom, despite how we're feeling inside, we can repeat, Positive outward actions without the inner journey being there. We can hide who we are. That's worldly wisdom. It's jealous of other people and it's full of selfish ambition and boasting. It wants people to know that it's wise. It wants people to know that it's studied. It wants people to know that it's had a revelation. It's constantly comparing. Oh, well, they said that in that talk, or they prayed that way in that prayer meeting, but actually God has showed me this. It's always comparing. It's always selfish. In fact, oftentimes, these both can be expressed in terms of how we relate to leadership or people who are in positions. Like, it's really easy to criticise that worship leader. They don't know what they're doing. Or, actually, they're just doing it all for show. Oh, it might sound really good, but I know, actually, there's not a great heart in that. It makes us sound wise, like we've come up with a sound judgment. We can sound wise to ourselves, like we're being measured. And actually, that isn't wisdom. Not that you can uh, not challenge things, right? Right? Criticism and challenge aren't the same thing. Challenging something to be better and just criticizing something as as poor aren't the same thing. See, we look for wisdom, as verse 15 tells us. First of all, in worldly wisdom, how does the world do it? Secondly, in fleshly wisdom, what feels good, this feels right, I enjoy this. Or, thirdly, in satanic wisdom, which I think often shows itself in a hard heart, a heart full of accusations, a heart full of uh, the accuser, Satan himself. I think the thing is, that's where we always look for wisdom. What are other people doing? How are they doing it? Let's look to the world. What feels, this feels right to me. I'm going to live this way. I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to treat this person this way because it feels right. Or just that I'm totally cold to this. I'm hard-hearted to this. So what does that worldly wisdom look to? What does it look, look like when we look around us in the wrong places for wisdom? Well, verse 16 says, For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. It leads to rotten fruit. It leads to selfishness. As we think we're so wise that we can just criticise other people. It leads to bad practices. As we try and act outwardly wise. As we try and give out fruit that we haven't grown inside. And it leads to disorder in relationships. Yet, yeah, here we go. But the wisdom from above, verse 17 says, is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. The wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. What does wisdom look like? What is the source of wisdom? Well, I love that verse in 1 Corinthians, that Jesus is God's wisdom. And actually, what does wisdom look like? It looks Christ-like. It isn't critical of others. It isn't concealing of one's own failings inside by trying to repeat fake outward actions. It's not critical. It's not concealing. It's Christ-like. It's pure, peaceable, gentle Full of mercy. Actually, that's wisdom. So, if we strive to be wise, if my prayers as a a young teenage Christian are answered, how will it look? Will it look like I'm the cleverest person in meetings? Will it look like I always have something profound to say on every Bible passage? Will it look like I always know just what the church should be doing? No, it'll look. It'll look Christ-like. It'll look loving and tender and caring. And that is a very, very different wisdom, right? Verse 18, our final verse says, And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. I've been discovering myself recently, just in my own reading, just how central peace is to the Christian faith. Central in a way that I just think actually we. We downplay it a little bit. We think it's a nice word or a greeting, but actually, the gospel is called the gospel of peace. God is called the God of peace repeatedly. And Jesus, when he commissions his disciples in John, and he gives the Holy Spirit, he says, My peace I leave with you. Peace be with you. It's something that he constantly speaks out and desires to be uh, a fruit, be something that's evident in our life, be a reality to us. Maybe thinking back to the fool, the world and the wise. Maybe there are situations that you're in in work and you could react in a foolish way. Someone wrongs you, something does something bad and you could just act out. I was once on a staff weekend for a church. I've probably told this story here before and some guy bumped into me, knocked tea down me and then made a rude comment. And I just grabbed a cup of water and threw it over him. That's foolishness, right? That doesn't solve anything. But you could also respond by being worldly wise. What's worldly wisdom? Worldly wisdom is probably, revenge is a dish best served cold. Right? That's worldly wisdom. Oh, okay, don't worry. He might have done that to me, but he'll get it. People realise just what he's like. I'll be in that meeting and he'll suddenly get shown up that he doesn't know what he's talking about because at just the point when he expects me to stand in, I'll just leave him. Oh, don't worry about her. I know exactly what she's like and I'm going to talk to her line manager about it. I'm not going to react, but I'm just going to go and I'm going to make sure people know just what she's like. That's worldly wisdom. Using craft, using cunning, using criticism and concealing how we really are. To get at someone. But godly wisdom. Godly wisdom is peaceful, isn't it? Christ-likeness is about turning the other cheek. Christ-likeness is about trying to redeem people. Trying to win people over. Trying to shower people with love and grace. Not grace just done as some kind of virtuous action that we do because Jesus forgave us. But grace done, because when grace is properly practiced, it changes people. That actually we can win people over. We can transform people. That's real wisdom. Peacemaking is hard. Peacemaking is unpopular. When everyone else at work is getting on the back of that one guy in the office who we all know is doing the wrong thing, When everyone at work is upset with that one person who's selfish, who she just always is just doing things that affect the rest of us, and she's always out taking a smoking break, she's always closing that contract. It could be a million and one different things. Godly wisdom would urge us to be peaceable, to bring grace, to bring truth. It's a very simple message today. A really hard message, right? A really challenging message. So let's stand and let's just invite the Spirit of God into our hearts now. God, we just ask for your peace. We ask for your wisdom to be planted into our hearts. God, we ask that we would bear fruit fruit of a life transformed a fruit of a life that is Christ like so just as we respond now in worship we're going to play a, a song we've not done here before just let's open our hearts to to god's spirit and and allow it to be to be rooted in us again